Hello and welcome to Afternoonified. The podcast where I just realized that we're talking about actual cats and not the Broadway musical. I'm Emily. And I'm Sarah. Um, are you rewriting all your notes? We have an important guest and I have eight pages on Skimbleshanks. everybody uh my notes do actually include some material about the hit broadway musical cats so i would be disappointed if it didn't honestly it felt worth mentioning so we are here today or we are all in different cities with our guest sarah Iyer of the Hi. the podcast hey everyone i like talking about cats <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh yeah thanks for having me on yes it's been over 200 episodes of the percast and i can still talk about cats so <laughs> i don't know what that says about me but here i am <laughs> i mean you meet so many interesting people with interesting cats that i cannot imagine how you would run out of things to talk about yeah well it's just funny because when i when i talk to somebody who is not a cat person and they say oh what what do you do a podcast about and i say oh it's cats they go just cats like what do you talk about like, cats <laughs> i mean what do you mean what do i talk about like there's so much <laughs> it's basically just like interviewing a person like every cat is mm -hmm. going to be different and there's different things to talk about based on the cat Exactly. And I think we even just recently talked to a cat. Well, not a cat, a person. <laughs> Whatever, you know. I feel like we only just recently had on somebody who had a deaf cat. And it was like the first time oh, weird. that had happened oh, in like 200 episodes, which is weird. So there's always something new. But I'm excited to learn some new things because I, I always am learning new things, too. I don't know everything about cats. There's so much out there. I'm glad some of this will still be a surprise. Um, yeah. I went down some very, very weird holes <laughs> yeah so we're covering some interesting uh cat related subjects today i've got more notes on famous cats than <laughs> i think i've ever written so for excited. any subject <laughs> yeah i think you mentioned that there are there's more than one cat mare which is just a lot of cat mares <laughs> yes yes we'll we'll touch on those um all right so sarah do you want to uh, home Sarah, the home team Sarah, uh, would you like to talk about domestication? <laughs> I can do some talk about domestication. That'd be great. Uh, yeah. So I've got this most from Smithsonian Magazine. This is my shout out to the credits. Sometimes I do this. Um, and as they tell it, um, while humans and cat have enjoyed a mostly symbiotic relationship for thousands of years, it's taken scientists a while to figure out exactly when the first cats might have been domesticated. Um, part of the problem is like while the skeletons of wild cats and the skeletons of just regular domesticated cats are pretty much, I mean, they're the same animal. So it's really hard to like figure out, like pinpoint exactly when they were domesticated. And yeah, I guess unless we're talking about like humans. big cats, there's not a whole lot of diff, like their anatomy is pretty solid across the board. Yeah, yeah, not like in the way dogs are so different from wolves. Like a chihuahua does not look like a wolf. <laughs> no, not remotely. <laughs> I feel like you could probably, if you had a skeleton of a wolf and a skeleton of a chihuahua, yeah. You'd be like, that's a really small wolf. <laughs> 
Uh, so some of the first clues um, came from the island of Cyprus. In 1983, they found an, a cat's jawbone that dated back 8,000 years. Wow. Um, and they could assume this cat was domesticated because it didn't seem very likely that anyone would take a wild cat on a boat. <laughs> Seems a I very mean, bad idea. I mean, I, I would, but I'm not. I don't make good choices. <laughs> I mean, I'm just thinking about how, like, pirates used to, I almost said kidnap, um, steal exotic animals and put them on their boats like that's how the parrot thing started pirates weren't like oh shit that's gonna make a nice pet it was i'm gonna sell this when we get there but yeah i guess there isn't as big of a wild like a wild cat market or at least there might not have been probably a little harder to corral but than than parrots no Uh, So in 2004, archaeologists unearthed an even older site at Cyprus in which a cat had been deliberately buried with a human. Um, So they could definitely assume this one was domesticated. (laughs) As opposed (laughs) to accidentally. (laughs) I mean, maybe they just ran out of space. You never know. I was going to make a joke like the cat just got in there accidentally before they closed the coffin. But then that makes me sad and I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, that did get sad. But the number of times like my cat has crawled in my suitcase... Oh, I accidentally uh, shut my cat in a drawer one time. I feel really bad about it. No, but like, you know, I opened the door to get something and I shut it and then I went to sleep or like I was in bed and I kind of heard this like pawing at the drawer. I was like, what is that noise? And I open it and Samba's just in there like, hey, I'm just hanging out. She wasn't like upset or anything, but I felt so bad that I like shut her in a drawer. I... I could probably do that. June loves drawers. She's obsessed with them. And when one is open, she will try and get in it. Lucy does yeah, that, too. She in the cupboards. In. She needs to be in my closet if my closet door is open. I've shut her in there before. I now do a thing where before I leave the house, I always make sure I see both cats and know where they are. Because I, I, I yes. will lock them in a closet or a drawer. I, that's what I have to do whenever I've had the closet open. Because Minnie, for some reason, that's like the best place that she can ever imagine being it's there's nothing in there for her cats just i don't know cats man (laughs) so cyprus you say cyprus uh so that pushed it back like another 1500 years i think i probably said that and whatever uh in 20 2007 um another study was published in the research journal science i guess it's just saying science (laughs) it's about science (laughs) it's science Um, but in a fancy font so it looked at the cats uh, or looked at the question from a genetic perspective um so like when did they genetically diverge i think i don't know i don't i'm not a science person um but they in the report the science people who do know these things declared that um all domestic cats descended from a middle eastern wildcat felis silvestris um which literally means cat of the woods um and that they were first domesticated in the near east beginning about twelve thousand years ago um this is going to sound real dumb, but I guess that's my role on this show sometimes. Uh, where is the Near East? I think probably like, oh, God, I don't even want to say it because it's going to sound stupid, but like maybe like <laughs> Kazakhstan, like Pakistan, like not okay. quite all the way to China, but not like Middle East. Okay, I'm... so kind of verging into um, Europe. Yeah, I'm okay. I'm guessing, honestly. I like I said I got this from the Smithsonian magazine I I just transferred all this to my notes we'll we'll figure it we'll we'll figure the whole Near East thing out um it's kind of in like outdated yeah probably well yeah like Far East 
that's probably also outdated. And I don't even know where that is. I think they're, that they're would have far. to be like Russia or the stuff that's under Russia. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be for a geography episode. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> uh, we can't do a geography episode. <laughs> This we is know- coming from a former National National Geographic Bee champion. Not nationally, but I won at my school, which <laughs> is a pretty big deal. I think I passed AP European History and Geography on sheer will and charm alone. So, <laughs> Oh, the charm part of the AP test. Yeah, that's why I didn't. <laughs> I missed that part. I don't remember much about that class other than getting in a fight with someone because she was doing her final report on Marie Antoinette and I wanted to do my (laughs) final report on Marie Antoinette. So instead I did it on Rasputin and look where that got me. Rasputin sounds a lot more interesting though. Well, no, they both are, but. I was going to say, this sounds like like a supervillain origin story. Mm-hmm. Well, it is the two-year anniversary of our Rasputin <laughs> episode of Afternoon Unified, so... Ooh. Yeah. So it's fitting. Well, we should probably find those rails that we got off of. <laughs> that always happens when I'm on a podcast. Don't worry. This is normal. <laughs> rails. We don't need rails. <laughs> <laughs> Where we're going, we don't need rails. Except in the third movie where they were on a train. Sorry. Keep going. <laughs> well, <laughs> remember the end where they have a train? Anyway. Yes, cats. <laughs> right. <laughs> the subject at hand. Uh, so, so like 12,000 years ago is when they're guessing cats were domesticated. Um, it's about 3,000 years before the first archaeological evidence, but it makes sense because it's also about the same time like the first agricultural societies begin to flourish. Um, so basically, like when humans were hunters, like dogs were their thing because dogs were useful and could help them hunt. Um, but cats only became useful to people when we started to like form settled communities and like farm the land and most importantly, like store surplus crops. So where there are grain stores, there are mice and the overabundance of prey likely attracted the first wild cats. And then they just kind of decided they were going to hang. That's literally, that's what it is. It's like the theory is that they sort of just domesticated themselves. It's like they invited themselves in and somewhere along the line like people like they tolerated them because they were eating all the pests um but then they just started like actually welcoming them into the house like maybe giving them some extra food a place to sleep that's um literally how i got lucy she wandered off the street (laughs) into my friend's apartment drank all of their cat's water and then fell asleep on their stairs yeah we have no control over i mean not like we should control any animal you know but like dogs I, I think they allowed themselves to be domesticated. They're like, yes, we love you. And cats are like, eh, we're just going to hang out, but don't try and change us at all. Yeah, it's like, you <laughs> give us food, so we'll let, we'll deal with you. But yeah, I feel like that's the story of also like every individual cat in the world. Yeah. <laughs> it really fits. I'll hang out with you for now. Yeah. Uh, so as people began to favor cats with more docile traits, they adapted accordingly, and that kind of produced the house cats that we know them today, genetically speaking. Um, but they've, like, diverged less from their wildcat ancestors than, like, as we were saying before, like, dogs from wolves. Like, dogs were selected and bred for specific traits and to perform specific tasks, but we kind of just expected cats to hang around to kill the mice. So mm. they didn't have to change as much. Imagine oh, yeah. having, like... A golden retriever type cat or like a greyhound <laughs> type cat. Well, I guess that's a cheetah, but like 
I can't even imagine what that would like to have the yeah. range of cats like like you have in dogs. I oh, don't yeah. even know what they would. Even look like. with different cat breeds, like they're all. I mean, except for like ragdolls and Maine Coons and stuff, they're all generally the same size, and they all yeah. kind of look the same. Yeah, mm. it's like the difference in like the fur and the eyes, and maybe some of the yeah, but generally speaking. Do you, have you guys seen those cats that have like the big ears and the flat noses and they look kind of like Adam Driver fucked a house elf? Oh yeah, yeah. The uh, <laughs> wait, why do I know exactly what that is? Um, <laughs> it's the uh, oh, I think they're called. I want to say they're called like Oriental cats, which I oh, know is Oriental pro- short ears. Like, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Which is probably also a term that They're probably I don't know. not great. <laughs> um, yeah. They named it back in, like, the racist days and never bothered to change it, as they do. Sorry, I've just been, like, low-key obsessed with these cats for the last, like, three weeks. Uh, I was going to say, I only know a cat you're talking about because you, like, tweeted about this, like, two days ago. <laughs> well, I they also look like Kylo Ren. It's not my fault. Also, every time Steven, my Percast co-host, talks about those cats, he always calls them Adam Driver cats. Uh. <laughs> So that's how I know what you're that's talking just about. That's what like. they are. They've got <laughs> yeah. the like, the kind of sad mopey face. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't know. I love. I those need cats. some like something between an Oriental short hair and like a Cornish Rex, so it Ooh. does just look like Dobby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, only if they only if they let you do that. Like cats, they're not going to let themselves be Dobby, you know, unless <laughs> they really want to. <laughs> uh, I guess it would be more like a creature. <laughs> Uh, anyways, um, yeah, that was that's all I've got on domestication. That's that's where I come in, I think. Yeah. Right. Okay. Oh, I guess I have one last fact. Uh, felines are among the most popular pets today. There are about seventy-four million in homes across the United States. Ooh. As well, there should be a lot of cats. Mm. There should be more. Well, no. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, more cats that are like homed and loved. Okay. Yes. Um, don't forget to trap, neuter, release. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> you don't need more kittens. Excited. Yeah. I was actually, well, side note, but I do a lot of these. Um, but I, I was at the animal shelter cause I volunteer there on weekends and I was there right, right before this recording and I was actually taking some video in the kitten nursery cause oh. there are so many kittens right now and they really need people to foster so it's like, yeah, these are super cute, but also these, like, you know, in a way, these kittens should never have been born because, you know, if they can't find homes, then it's bad. And if they, yeah. if they're yeah. just on the streets too, because like these cats, at least they were picked up by the shelter and they're being taken care of. But there's so many kittens out there that are just out and sick and uh, not to make this depressing, but yes, TNR important, foster, th- yeah, all that. Anyway. <laughs> hashtag adopt don't shop yeah that's my message for this episode okay (laughs) yeah i I wish we our building would let us foster i would have kittens here 24 well i have kitten here 24 7 but she's eventually just gonna be cat we're gonna talk about cats in mythology and their respective countries where they were revered and then we're gonna dip into the occult a little bit because wouldn't be an uh, episode of afternoonified if we didn't accuse someone of being a witch. Um, Yay. Is it me? I have two black cats, so I hope it's me. Oh, <laughs> oh super. You're super a witch. Yeah. Two black cats, and I assume you've read a book before? Definitely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Egypt is the obvious one. 
obviously they thought that cats were cute as shit because obviously yeah but also they would protect uh egyptians homes by killing snakes and mice and i have in my notes other varmints i don't know why (laughs) varmints was the word i chose but you know creatures um they protected families and that's what egyptians were kind of looking for in their deities the history of cats in ancient egypt goes back to bastet a feline warrior goddess who is depicted as being half cat and half super hot woman uh, who is entrusted with the protection of the entire country and the pharaohs and the people of Egypt. So this idea of cats as being protectors didn't start with Bastet. It was built on the legend of, God help me, Maftit, uh, who warded off danger by taking out a serpent with the use of her claws while Sekhmet was a lion-headed goddess whom ancient Egyptians had to appease before she wreaked havoc and destroyed all of humanity. Like a cat. <laughs> yes, you do. These all sound like very good cats. Yeah. Especially the universe-destroying one. <laughs> uh, the ancient Egyptian reverence for cats is well-known and well-documented in archaeological record. Uh, scientists found a cat cemetery <gasps> brimming with 300,000 cat mummies. Oh Holy God. mother of God. And to be convicted of killing a cat in Egypt often meant a death sentence. I, I'm not going to argue with that. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> I'm against the death penalty, but right, I get right. it. But back then, they had the death penalty for everything. So it's like, yeah. yeah, you might as well have it for that, too. I don't know. I'm generally against the death penalty. But then I'll listen to like a podcast about a serial killer who, in their youth, like hurt cats. And I'm like, mm, yeah, no. Right. That should have taken him away. Mm-hmm. So we're going to move on over to Japan, which I actually had no idea that Japan had a a cat thing. Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. They they love cats. We'll get more into, yeah, cats in Japan in Famous Cats, but I also did not know this, and they are serious about their cats. Yeah. So in Japan, uh, cats were entrusted with guarding Buddhist scriptures and uh, Buddhist scriptures being transported to the country on ships from China. So they would have, like cat security guards to take care of all those ship rats that might you know take nibbles out of these documents (laughs) Uh, since they did good work important uh protecting important things they had almost as good of a reputation in asia as they did in egypt Um, i don't think you can quite top egypt's reverence for cats but japan really gave them a run for their money Uh, cats quickly became the focus of folk tales during the 6th century and even appeared in some horror stories. Uh, in one story, a cat-shaped stone situated along the 53 stations in Taikoto, uh, which is the stations are rest areas along this road that runs between Tokyo and Sanjo Ahashi. Ahashi? I'm a white lady. I just... <laughs> My mouth is not built for... Nice languages. We try Um, very hard. mm -hmm. We promise. Uh, Anyway, so this uh, cat-shaped stone represents a woman who was unjustly murdered. And at night, the stone is said to come alive and engage in fights between a monster cat lady and warriors who are traveling through that region. Shit, yeah. That's super metal. Yeah, not only is it a lady vengeance story, it's a cat lady vengeance story. I love it. The original cat woman. (laughs) But not the Halle Berry ver- Oh, I didn't see that one. But let's say I, Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, I don't think anyone saw the Halle Berry <laughs> Catwoman. There <laughs> were like six creepy dudes in 2003 who were like, yeah. <laughs> so that's that's Japan. And uh, Sarah's going to talk more about 
Japanese cats. Yay. And how they're productive members of society. Uh, so India, another place where I was not surprised, but I don't know. I think I just kind of zeroed in on like Egypt loved cats. Europe did not like cats. <laughs> and then uh, so cats were uh, appreciated in Egypt also for their ability to take care of vermin and Sorry, snakes. you said Egypt again. Nope, I meant India, <laughs> where cats also kill. Cats' popularity mostly rests on they kill mice. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's why house cats exist, as we had just discussed. Yes, the grain stores and whatnot. etc. They have stories in India that relate to cats. Uh, there is a famous 100,000 verse epic poem with a name that I don't want to butcher, mm. and a... A cat named Lamasa teams up with a mouse named Polita to escape from death while philosophizing about the nature of power. So just a real cute, like, animal buddy movie from the 90s. (laughs) That sounds super deep. (laughs) Actually, Sarah, you might know this. Basis for a Don Bluth film? Ooh. You know, there have been very few... Don Bluth films with cats in them. Not that he has like a huge library, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. But we did watch Banjo the Woodpile Cat. Oh, yeah, I do a <laughs> podcast about Don Bluth animated films in case, <laughs> in case that wasn't clear. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, there was a cat in Secret of Nim, but it was like it was like a villain cat. So yeah, imagine I- in a movie about mice, cats are always the villain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Which in, is a uh, shame. In Fievel, I think that at least one cat oh, turned yeah, out yeah. to be chill. Tiger. Yeah, yeah. How did mm-hmm. I forget about Tiger? He's more of a, he's very, very dog-like, I suppose, if you want to <laughs> use those those words. But yeah, oh, Dom DeLuise is Tiger. Ugh, cats Don't Dance wasn't a Bluth. No, no. But there are so many films that are mistaken for Don Bluth films that aren't them. So. Yeah, there's kind of like that Don Bluth gets mistaken for Disney, but non bluth yes. or disney get mistaken for bluth mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's very interesting but he actually yeah it doesn't have i think they're only like i don't know 12 or so don bluth films i just pulled that number out of thin air but uh yeah <laughs> so, he didn't <laughs> that sounds right yeah something you're like the that. expert we trust you <laughs> i'm no expert i just have a lot of podcasts <laughs> i have literally been thinking about thumbelina for the last two weeks really? just based yeah and <laughs> Well, I started listening to the episode, the Land Before Time episode, because dinosaurs are my jam. And Mm -hmm. then I started thinking about Thumbelina, and I've just had that Barry Manilow song stuck in my head. (laughs) Wait, or are you talking about... Oh, because we haven't gotten to Thumbelina yet, and I did see it a long time ago. I was thinking of Xanadu. Which oh, God, is no. <laughs> not, well, there is a segment of Xanadu that has Don Bluth animation in it. No kidding. But it's ELO music, not Barry Manilow. Anyway. Yeah, yeah uh, Thumbelina was was my jam when i was little um interesting yeah that charo frog just really made me oh god i haven't seen that movie in forever and i'm having these weird like like recovered memories now (laughs) sometimes i have to like make sure that i didn't just like imagine thumbelina or uh that snow white movie with the lady dwarves uh happily ever after i think oh god uh carol channing is in it as like Mother Nature, it is a masterpiece. Whoa. So you guys have a much richer childhood than I did, clearly. I've never heard of any of these movies. I mean, it anything to escape my mom having me watch Pollyanna <laughs> with her for the 95th time. So yeah, this uh, story from India about a cat and a mouse who had to escape from death. Um, 
That's so cute and dark. <laughs> they also had a god named Indra who put on a feline disguise to escape from the husband of a maid who he had had kind of like a Zeus situation with. Ugh. It's across every culture, guys. Every culture has a Zeus. <laughs> and they're all dicks. <laughs> so we're gonna take a little trip to the Middle East, um, which it's maybe my favorite cat story out of all of these. Uh, the Prophet Muhammad was probably the first, like, capital C, capital G cat guy in <laughs> yeah. legend or history, uh, depending on your belief system. I'm glad uh, you covered this because I almost did, like, a thing on Muhammad's cat in my <laughs> famous cats. But this is much more a better place for it. Uh, he outlawed the harming and killing of cats. And his cat was named, uh, Sarah, do you know how to pronounce this? Did you <laughs> look at this cat name? I read it. I couldn't tell you what it is. I have to assume it's Good like music. Good luck. It's Musa or, or something to that effect. Sure. And this cat had a habit of sleeping on Muhammad's prayer robe. And Muhammad was so considerate of the cat that he cut the sleeve off of the robe rather than wake the cat up when she decided to take a nap on it. We've I all have, been there. I have definitely done. No, I, I, there was a time when I was, uh, I was like laying on my bed or something and I had my sweater and it was like, you know, a sweater with like buttons on it, like a cart, I guess a cardigan. Is that what? <laughs> that would be <laughs> Not the a sweater, sweater yes. expert, but, uh, Samba came over and laid down on one side of the sweater and I was stuck. And so I just like, t I like got my arm <laughs> out of the one side and then kind of pulled my arm out of the other side and just left. And I left my sweater there. I've, I've done that before. You made so the right decision. Times. Yeah. <laughs> I was so cold. Travis, my boyfriend, has a habit of when he comes home, he'll pick up our kitten, Minnie, and he'll stand there and pet her. And I'll ask him to do something. And it'll be like 15 minutes because he's petting the cat and she's comfortable. Yeah, that's we I guess we all just have toxoplasmosis. And that's why. <laughs> but like you can't you can't disturb a cat. You know, it's bad luck, right? I'm Probably. pretty sure. Actually, speaking of cats and bad luck, uh, we're going to go to Europe now. Ooh. Yeah, God's butthole. Uh, <laughs> so it's going to be super metal for a little bit, and then it's going to get even more metal, but also kind of sad because Christianity ruins everything. everything. <laughs> yeah, sounds about right. So in Nordic mythology, uh, Freya, the goddess of fertility, love, sex, war, magic, and cats, <laughs> she's amazing. So after... One day after Thor woke her up from a nap by essentially doing donuts in his goat-pulled chariot, uh, Freya got mad and told him to shut the fuck up. And Thor continued on in a more respectable, quiet way. And he came across he a couple... Quiet donuts? No. <laughs> well, yes. Uh, just very soft. Uh, he came across a couple of kittens named Bagul and Tregul uh, in a tree. And he gave them to Freya as a gift of apology and then she used those kittens to pull her own chariot Ooh. which led to uh, local farmers leaving out milk for the cats in an effort to be blessed with a healthy harvest oh nice uh, freya's cats are considered to be based on the original norwegian forest cats and the breed quickly popped up on viking ships as rat catchers and garnered a reputation for warding off trolls in fairy tales Ooh, norwegian forest cats are very big too they're, they're like, huge yeah. Another, do you remember this cat breed? Y'all seen a palace cat before? Oh, is that the one that's like memed? You know, it's like, is that the one that's like coming up to the camera? Yeah, they've and, got like, those big clompy paws yeah. and like the pointy ears. 
Oh, you're going to have to send me this. I don't think I've ever seen this. Uh, Palace cats and Patu birds are... Oh, they're the most fun to Google. Um, so yeah, they they were troll hunters in fairy tales for the, the Norwegians. And that leads us to cats and the occult. Yay! <laughs> Sorry, I also, like, I just looked up palace cat just so I could have an image of it. Oh my god. It's those big-ass paws, man. Well, it's just like a big, round... Th- <laughs> so cute there's like it's like big and around but then it has the angriest face it's so cute oh i have seen this before oh they're so cute oh my god there's a kitten oh, oh my god <laughs> they Guys, always I'll post these to the instagram don't worry Sorry, they always kind of look, look of like cats. you just woke them up from a nap <laughs> for some reason cats came to be demonized in europe during the middle ages and um, they were seen as being affiliated with witches and the devil and many were killed in an effort to ward off evil, an action that scholars think helped spread the plague, which was carried mm. by rats. They got what they deserved. Yeah. They 100% got what they deserved, which was the plague. Yeah, it was a way to, like, f- you know, find women that they didn't like, essentially. That's what witches were. It's just like, oh, we want to kill these women. So let's say yeah. the witches. And then let's also get rid of the cats. Um, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> like... <laughs> There, there's not always a huge sense of justice with the, the witch trials, but this this did it a little bit. Uh, so Elizabeth Francis of uh, from England, who was convicted as a witch in uh, 1556, said she kept a white spotted cat named Satan, <gasps> which, whenever it performed a job for her, demanded a reward of a drop of her blood. Yeah, I fucking love I mean, Satan. I feel like that's a small price to pay. <laughs> I believe her. Uh, witches were said to be able to assume the shape of a cat nine times, uh, presumably because a cat has nine lives, and black cats were said to be the devil himself. Yay. Now, Sarah, as an owner of two black cats... <laughs> they are they are the devil, and I, I love them. I am probably a Satanist. I mean, also, just like on a side note, the Satanic church is actually pretty cool. Oh, no, they're very chill. Yeah, yeah they are great. I love the Satanists. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, my cats, uh, they're sleeping right now and they look so sweet, but they are definitely evil and I love them. (laughs) Samba definitely, like Tango seems to be more of a chaotic neutral, but Samba definitely seems to have like an attitude. Well, it's funny because yeah, Samba does have an attitude, but she's just like a strong lady and I respect (laughs) that. You know, she's just very particular. Tango is so sweet, but he's also just really wild. He's also really young, so yeah. that could nah, be it. it. Um, but yeah, yeah, chaotic neutral. Yeah, that could be it. <laughs> yeah, we have Lucy who just turned five, and she's just kind of big and chunky and like likes what Lucy likes. But then Minnie, who's, I don't know, seven, eight months old right now, she's like a little Tasmanian devil just like yeah. ripping through this place. <laughs> yeah, that's like Tango. I call him like a little tornado. But I hope, you know, I hope he he calms down at some point. I'm actually, like, really surprised he's being quiet right now because I told you guys before we started that I was recording my one of my other podcasts over the internet and he meowed the entire time. <laughs> and I had to keep stopping to, like, you know, get him to stop and then he would just start up again. So, And it's not the per cat, at least in this episode, since this is cat related, a little it would cat be appropriate, would be fine. Yeah. But in my podcast about Weezer, I don't think people are there for cats, so I have to go cut all that out. <laughs> so cats were also used in witches' spells, sometimes as an ingredient, but I kind of glossed over that part because it made me feel weird. 
I mean, there's tr- always like some cat hair in my food. So maybe it's like that where it's like, oh, there's some cat hair got in this potion I'm making. All right. <laughs> uh, in the trial of John Fian, uh, Scotland's most famous witch, uh, in 1590, 1591, he and his coven were accused of trying to drown James Quick. Quick Roman numeral question. V-I is six, right? Six, yes. <laughs> okay. They were accused of trying to drown James the Sixth and Queen Anne on their voyage to Denmark. The witches allegedly christened a cat and tied it to a dismembered human corpse and threw the bundle into the sea while they recited incantations. What the fuck? Oh. A great storm oh, arose and forced the royal ship to return to Scotland, but the king and queen were unharmed. <laughs> wow, after all that, it didn't even work. <laughs> uh, I feel like the bigger story here is dismembered human corpse. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I glossed right over that. <laughs> Cats are real easy to find. It's You'd think they'd be maybe on trial for murder. <laughs> oh, it's attempted witchcraft. <laughs> In attempted witchcraft well, with I'm intent assuming, to I'm also assuming the dismembered person was like a poor person in which case doesn't count no, anyway no, you're right mm-hmm. you're right or another witch and they're like oh yeah. good <laughs> did our job for us uh, in the lore of the Scottish Highlands a large breed of wild cats called elfin cats are said to be witches in disguise the elfin cats are about the size of dogs and are black with a white spot on the breast they have arched backs and erect bristles the stereotypical Halloween cat. Ooh. Which Scotland and Ireland and like that part of the world are like that's where Halloween as we know it kind of gained traction. So it, it makes sense that they would yeah. use these cats that they have on hand that were kind of creepy. Like that Ooh. would become the symbol. Yeah. Yeah. This was very exciting. Uh, cats play a role in voodoo in the southern United States. Uh, cat charms, particularly those made with cat's whiskers, can bring bad luck, disease, and death to the victim. Ooh, neat. Oh, because I, I don't know if you guys find whiskers around your, your I place. I do. It's it's weird. I, I, don't, I don't think don't. I ever have. Yeah, I don't either. But my friend, my friend, uh, my friends, Martha and Chris, they have, well, now they have two cats. Um, but they used to save the whiskers that they would find around. So they just had like a little tube and filled with whiskers. And use them in magic spells? I don't know. Now I wonder. <laughs> I'm curious. Like, I didn't think of that. <laughs> Uh, conversely, in Southern folklore, cats have many healing properties. Um, a broth made from a black cat is said to cure consumption. Um, an but- illness could be transferred to cats who are then driven for from the homes. Mm, I don't like That's these. Rude. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the broth, really. Yeah. I have to assume it's just a lot of cat hair. That's... <laughs> yeah, just a regular meal of soup at my place. <laughs> Uh, cat's eyes are supposed to be able to see ghosts. Oh yeah, uh, which yeah, oh, this is absolutely true. Yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah, I can almost confirm my old apartment was haunted, and Lucy knew it. Uh, in Western Asia, a stone called the cat's eye, which is red with a white mark, is associated with trouble and evil. In Wicca, the cat is a favored companion uh, or familiar, valued for its psychic sensitivity and assistance in magic and ritual. I have never had my cat assist me with jack shit, but. <laughs> well, have you ever done any magic? Because that's where they would help out. It's a good point. Maybe I need to get into that as like a bonding activity. Yeah, I'm so just I imagining. I can't even get my cat to eat bugs for me, so. <laughs> uh, my cats love bugs. I'm just imagining. When I said magic, I was just imagining like a regular like magician with a top hat. And that's not as cool. <laughs> 
as like a witch or I don't know a cat in the little sparkly assistance uniform. Oh, oh with the little bow ties. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that Minnie does like watching me cook, which you know you gotta... it's cute until she's in the sink. <laughs> Or what if you turn your back and then she like puts a little bit of her hair in it as as a some sort of spell to control. Like in That's Ratatouille where he sneaks in and is just like throwing tiny handfuls of herbs. <laughs> Aww, so, uh, so that's what I got for Cats and the Occult. We can we can do famous cats. I have a game for you guys at the end. Um, I'm, I'm excited for this game. Cat fact or fiction where I have some cat facts Ooh. and you guys get to tell me if they're true or false. Ooh, I'm excited. But I need to hear about this Japanese conductor cat. Oh, yeah. We, we will talk about the Japanese conductor cat. She is last on my list because she's the best one. Um, <laughs> sorry, I hate ranking cats, but also she's just she's the best. Um, <laughs> we're going to go back a little farther in time. We are going to start with the first cast, cats to live in the White House. Mm. Uh, and their names were Dixie and Tabby, and they were gifted as kittens to President Abraham Lincoln by his Secretary of State, William Seward. He would have the best pet. Yeah, yeah he would. Uh, apparently, he doted on these cats um, <laughs> so much that his friends recalled. I love this so much. His friends recalled that the president would pick up one of the cats and talk to it for half an hour at a time. <laughs> That's so cute. It's just very relatable and charming. It makes me really like, apart from like being a great president and ending slavery and winning the Civil War, like it makes me like Lincoln even more. <laughs> I'm just imagining him practicing the Gettysburg Address and these cats. <gasps> oh, I feel like he would 100 percent did it. Or like they they're like climbing into his little like into his stovepipe. Oh stovepipe God! Hat. <laughs> oh no. I wonder how many kittens you could fit in that hat. Yeah. So many. At least four or five. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really big hat for really small kittens. Uh, so Lincoln once also once fed Tabby from the table during a formal dinner at the White House. Um, <laughs> and I think later he got in trouble about it from his what? wife. Um, and he replied that if the gold fork is good enough for James Buchanan, then it's good enough for Tabby. <laughs> wow. Uh, There's also one point during his first term um, that a frustrated Lincoln declared, Dixie is smarter than my whole cabinet. And furthermore, she doesn't talk back. <laughs> uh, this is all from the highly reliable source, presidentialpetmuseum.com. Just <laughs> <laughs> assumes the Library of Congress of Presidential Pets. So I believe all of this. Like you said, Presidential Pet Museum. Is there a brick and mortar location that I can go to? <sighs> I wish there was. I feel like it's just like an online museum. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> I think I actually wrote a letter to Sox, mm. Sox Clinton. Um, and I think I got a letter back. I don't remember. I, or maybe a photo too. I, f I feel like I used to write a lot of fan letters around that time. I actually, cast well, specifically, or yeah, well, kind of. Yeah, I I did write a fan letter to Jim Davis, who's the oh. Garfield creator, and I think I got a, a. I couldn't find it, but I think I got like a like a picture of Garfield back with his signature on it. But oh, that's sweet. I hope it turns up someday. Yeah. Uh, over in the UK. Uh, there is another famous cat. Um, 10 Downing Street has its own official resident cat with its own official title, Chief Mouser mm. to the Cabinet Office. And I <laughs> highly recommend that you guys look this one up on Wikipedia because the whole page is formatted as if the cat was an actual politician. So there's like a sidebar saying like, who's the incumbent of this office and like who's the predecessor and the, it's, 
amazing. Oh, and then there's a picture of the cat. It's great. (laughs) So uh, the current holder of this office is Larry. (laughs) Uh, He's got his own official government bio. Um, I'm just going to read to you, read this to you guys verbatim because it's the best thing in the world. So Larry has been in residence since 15 February 2011. He is the first cat and number 10 to be bestowed with the official title Chief Mouser. Larry was recruited from Battersea Dogs and Cats Home on recommendation for his mousing skills. He joined the number 10 household and has made a significant Wait, impact. So there were, oh, sorry, there, there were people in this position before that? Wait, but oh, God, oh, Chief Other Mouser. Cats. Okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I get it. It was now. some guy named Reginald <laughs> with a big broom. <laughs> so he has captured the hearts of the great British public, and the press teams often camped outside the front door. In turn, the nation sends him gifts and treats daily, as they should. Did you almost <laughs> just say Great British Bake Off? Because that. Almost. The Great British Mouse Off. <laughs> So Larry spends his days greeting guests (laughs) to the house, inspecting security defenses, and testing antique furniture for napping quality. His day-to-day responsibilities also include contemplating a solution to the mouse occupancy of the house. Larry says this is still, quote, in tactical planning If I could just sleep and eat all day, I would also catch my... Well, I don't want to hurt mice, but... Yeah, be great if that was but I do job, all the other job. stuff. Yeah. I would catch mice and like relocate them elsewhere to like a field. They're yeah, they're mm-hmm. like mouse safe safe traps, yeah. like mouse traps. Uh, so Larry recently, this is probably where maybe where you've heard of him. Um, he received some well deserved international attention when during President Trump's recent visit visit to the UK, uh, Larry decided to lie down underneath the presidential limo and it essentially stopped them from leaving until he decided. Oh to Oh my get god, up. that's amazing! A true hero. <laughs> this cat is a hero. Uh, so some other notable political cats. Um, Tuxedo Stan, who ran for mayor of Halifax, Wait, Nova Scotia. This did you say Tuxedo Stan? <laughs> Tuxedo Stan. Um, there's also Stubbs, oh. who served as honorary mayor of Talkeetna, Alaska, for two full decades. Um, and Sweetheart, who was just elected to a three-year term as mayor in Omina, Michigan, last July. Uh, Sweetheart prevailed over... I'm sorry, 20-year term? 20 years. Stubbs is a very prolific mayor. Did, was he like elected in as a, as like an eight week old kitten? <laughs> I guess so there's no like <laughs> the first baby mayor. It's like not even impressive that it's a cat mayor, the but that it's a mayor. baby mayor. <laughs> elected to mayor at the age of eight weeks old. Very strict wet food policy. Yeah. I imagine Stubbs was well taken care of given his position. Uh, so sweetheart, uh, she was elected to a three year term as mayor in Omina, Michigan, last July. Uh, she prevailed over a field that included another cat, 13 dogs, a goat, a, peacho- a peacock, and a chicken. Two dogs, Diablo Shapiro and Punkin Anderson Harden, were elected vice mayor and second vice mayor. Those sound like real like people who could be running for president right now. <laughs> right? <laughs> a vote for Pumpkin Shapiro is a vote <laughs> for more treats. But it like is it like for example is Pete Buttigieg is he a person or a cat <laughs> or a dog you know you wouldn't know would you <laughs> Pete Buttigieg is a good cat name <laughs> I think it's Dave Anthony who has this golden doodle who's just like the floppiest cutest thing and his name is Larry and it oh Larry it brings me so much joy <laughs> all the guys um, at Pod Save America have golden doodles. 
And so, and of course they have like a dog friendly office. So there's just constant videos on their feed of like just the dogs oh. running around the office. I know this is an episode. I, I like dogs too. Also, <laughs> I like dogs. But you knew. Yeah, I love dogs. Oh. Like pe- people yeah, think she's that pretty. cat people don't like dogs, but I think cat people generally like <laughs> all animals. I think yeah. it's dog people who don't like cats because they have some weird like yeah. it has to obey yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, there's some weird power struggle there. Okay. That's the real political debate for the ages. <laughs> Dogs v. Cats. 2020. <laughs> My favorite Supreme Court case. <laughs> uh, so our next famous cat is Felicette, and she was the first cat in space. Oh, yeah. I promise. Yeah, I say, I promise this isn't going to be a sad story. I wouldn't have included it if it but would. But I think, well, okay, go ahead and tell. I don't know if this is the one I was thinking of. It's a little right, bit sad. Okay, yeah, but it's not yeah. as, as sad like Laika was oh, sad. Oh, no, Laika was very sad. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, no, no. We're not going to talk about Laika because, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, Philly Set was launched by the French rocket program on October 18th, 1963, for a suborbital flight that lasted 13 minutes. Um, and that was for them to monitor her neurological activity. Uh, most of the data was recovered, was of good quality, and Philly Set rec- survived her flight. She came back down. She was okay. Um, she was um, actually one of 14 cats that France had trained for space flight. Um, and I think the Wikipedia had, like, phrased it at one point, which is, um, she was one of 14 cats and the only one to survive. Mm-hmm. And I almost cut this out entirely, but it, was, it wasn't that the other 13 cats died. It was just, like, after Philly set, they tried one more cat. That cat, unfortunately, mm-hmm. did not make it. Um, but after that, they just kind of decommissioned the rest of the cats. They did not shoot the rest <laughs> um, of the cats. Cats in little spacesuits. Just- <gasps> I mean, that's cute. Like, in theory, that yeah. is cute. I think I heard, I don't know if it was this cat or not, but I heard that this cat, like, went up to space, made it back, eventually was put to sleep so they could, like, find out more information about the effect. Like, they could actually do, uh, like, an autopsy, and s- or not an autopsy, but, like, see the effects of space on the cat's, you know, internal, but I don't oh. know if that is... It's entirely possible, and I just skimmed over that part of the wikipedia page to preserve my that's own what i did with i also just know that people are awful <laughs> like humans are terrible yeah. and will do stuff like that <laughs> yeah i added a lot of stuff uh, out of uh the witch hunt cat stuff just uh so some of the cats training um that all these 14 cats went through the same training um they got the same as human astronauts so they got put in a high g centrifuge they got exposure to simulated rocket noise oh um and a flight on an unpressurized aircraft which i mean it's kind of it's interesting to me that they trained them the same way the astronauts like trained, but also like those poor cats must have had no clue. What Actually, was happening in the, the episode of the podcast where you guys interviewed uh, Reggie from Captain Marvel's trainer, yeah. um, uh-huh. didn't they take the cat and like get like do a walkthrough of everything, like make sure that he would be very well aware and comfortable with like the sounds yeah. and the location. Yeah, like any time, yeah, any location that they were shooting at or any, you know, any set, they would take him through first so he could get, you know, get his bearings, which makes sense. Oh, that's so It nice. makes sense. Because uh, you don't want the first time the cat sees the set or a costume or something like that to be when you're filming. Because yeah. then it's just yeah. going to not be as good. I mean, if you put my cat in a room for the first time, like, she wouldn't be able to do anything because she'd just be, like, sniffing yeah. everything and needing to inspect mm-hmm. everything. Yeah, I moved around some of my furniture recently, and it's like I moved a chair 
like a few feet away and my cats are like what's this is this new like no it's the, it's the same chair i just moved it a little we got a new couch and lucy was so mad like she peed on it and she's been fine since but just that first night that we got the couch she's like so you took my couch away you made a you gotta have you that made a bunch of noise and this is what you fucking left me with or she's just like oh this doesn't smell right yet you know let me just ah oh, there we yeah, go it- she's very good about Problem that solved. oh ah, uh, fully said um she has been commemorated on postage stamps <laughs> and will be getting her own statue on the interna- international space university wait um there's also a did postcard you say, did you say oh, the sorry. international space university yeah it's Ooh. a thing i guess it's you can go to space college okay. i was thinking it was college in space <laughs> that's better like the International Space Station, but like so much the International better. Space University. I don't know. <laughs> all right. All right. It's not that. Uh, there's also a postcard, which I promise I will post on the Instagram. Um, and you guys should look it up because it's on our Wikipedia page. Um, but it's a picture of Felicet along with a paw print and the inscription. Thank you for your participation in my success of 18 October 1963. <laughs> it's real cute. She's a cute cat, too. And that's such a French name for a cat. <laughs> yeah it's not like larry <laughs> i kind of just imagine her like floating around with a baguette and a bottle of wine <laughs> i mean they're french so absolutely those were included in the rockets they have to see how like those would hold up in space and cheese too definitely cheese oh for sure but then that you'd get mice if you have cheese you'd get mice that's probably why they sent a cat up right <laughs> it, it's all becoming clearer yes our next famous cat is a unsinkable Sam, um, who defected from the Nazis and survived what? three separate shipwrecks during World War II. Um, Wikipedia was skeptical about whether this was actually a true well, story. Wikipedia but it's a good can story. eat it. Like... So we're going to act as it's true. Yeah, <laughs> it's all real. <laughs> Fight me. Um, so this black and white patch cat was supposedly owned by a crewman aboard the German battleship Bismarck, uh, which was sunk by the British in May 1941. And of a crew of 2,100, only 115 crew members survived, including um, a cat who was found floating on a board and picked up by the crew of HMS Cosmos. Like Will Turner in Pirates of the Caribbean. Exactly like Will Turner in Pirates of the Caribbean. Like at the end of Titanic, but with a happier... (laughs) Well, you know, because they're on that board. But with a kitty. (laughs) Uh, So unaware of what his name had been on the Bismarck, the crew named him Oscar. And he served on that ship for the next few months... um, as they carried out escort duties in the Mediterranean Sea and the North Atlantic Ocean. He served on that ship. Oh, you know he's a working cat. They are so I just have to hope these cats work. are getting paid, because, I mean, <laughs> you can't pay rent with exposure. Yeah, they're not interns. No. <laughs> uh, in October 1941, the Cossack was severely German by a German torpedo and sank the next day as they tried to tow it back to Japan. I'm sorry, you just said that the boat was severely Germaned? <laughs> No, I said severely damaged by a German torpedo. Or German t- yeah. You said German by a German Did I go right into German? I was like, I don't know that much about like that's war history. Possible. Maybe that's just a term, you know? It was severely German. We shouldn't have gone uh, out. We got German so hard. It was so weird. Lauren German just showed up and blew our ship up. I don't know. Well, Oscar survived the German. Um, <laughs> Sounds like a horror movie. <laughs> I I need to go um, write something. Um. <laughs> I'm least taking notes. That's what Glorious Bastard should have been called. The <laughs> well, 
after this other sinking, the second one, uh, he was brought on shore to Gibraltar and given the nickname Unsinkable Sam. Uh, he was then transferred to the aircraft carrier HMS Ark Royal. Uh, that ship was also torpedoed because it's the war. <laughs> Um, in November 1941. Um, after that, he was found clinging to a floating plank and was described as angry, but quite unharmed. <laughs> oh, this cat is uh, a war can hero. You just imagine? <laughs> I know, he's great. Uh, this was um, the third shipwreck was the end of Sam's Navy career. Um, they sent him back to the United Kingdom and he spent the remainder of the war in a sailor's home in oh. Belfast. He got a nice, quiet retirement, I like to believe. He got to retire in Ireland like we all want nice. to. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's Snowball, the cat who solved a murder. What? Emily, I'm sure you've seen this forensic files. I don't remember it. Is it the cat that... Oh, I'll just listen. It'll, it'll sound familiar, I'm pretty sure. Um, so Snowball was owned by a Canadian couple living on Prince Edward Island in 1994. Um, and this is when their son, Douglas Beamish, had moved in with them after being paroled from prison. I remember this. Yep. <laughs> when the Royal Canadian Mount- Mounted Police discovered the body of Beamish's estranged wife, Shirley Duguay, they um, immediately suspected Beamish couldn't find any evidence to tie him to the murder. Um, but they did find a leather jacket near the crime scene that had been splattered with Shirley's blood. Um, some of Beamish's friends told the RCMP that they believed he had owned a similar coat. Um, and on further inspection, the forensics team found 27 white cat hairs Whoa. inside the lining. Because if you've owned a cat, <laughs> only 27? Cat hair gets everywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I say, when I first, so my cat now, June, like she's the first house cat I've had. Like I grew up on a farm, so we had mm. farm cats, but never like a cat in my house. So I like was prepared for the cat hair and I was like, I'm, gonna put this lint roller in my car and i'm gonna clean myself up before i go to work every day uh and that lasted like two days and then i just stopped i was like what yeah the fuck june is like a buff orangey color right and yeah so it's light you hair, wear a lot I of wear black almost exclusively black <laughs> yeah i wear a lot of black but i don't know if that's because of the cats like i don't know if i wore i don't think i wore a lot of black before i had them but anytime i do wear a white shirt it's like why why did i do that <laughs> yeah why (laughs) yeah i kind of am screwed for all colors because they're not black but they're not white and they're not brown so it's gonna show it's gonna show on everything cats man (laughs) uh so to see if the hair belonged to snowball the rcmp sent them to a lab um in the u.s to see if they could be tested for dna um initial tests confirmed a match but just to like prove for sure to the jury that snowball's dna was unique they tested like 20 other cats on the island wow um, and they all came back with, like, DNA that varied greatly from Snowball's. So they could say, like, this jacket belonged to this guy. It was at the murder scene. The cat saw the murder. Wow. I'm really enjoying this percast, My Favorite Murder crossover yeah. episode that we've just started doing. Well, there is a, there's also a case that we talked about on the percast, because uh, it happened recently, like, maybe a year ago, where some woman was sending, I think she was either sending bombs or something or like suspicious fact i think maybe they were bombs but they didn't actually explode but she was sending them to i want to say politicians um or something i mean i don't know i'm i'm remembering this from like a year ago so who knows if all of these details are true but they caught her because they found cat hairs on the tape that was used to tape the packages shut and they mashed it to her cat or something like that so I guess I wonder how many other cases have been solved by cat if they aren't calling her the muna bomber (laughs) i (laughs) <laughs> oh my god that's amazing 
Now I've just been sitting here thinking about Captain Meowville all day <laughs> and uh, just trying to come up with something better than that. I'm just sad I haven't made more cat puns in this episode because I feel like Steven is the one who makes the most puns on the percast. I save I mean... mine until I'm sure I really like them. Not that his aren't great because they are, but... <laughs> <laughs> it's quality over quantity right well that's yeah i i try to do you know only when i feel really confident in it you know you don't want to put anything out there that's not like a grade yeah that's not perfect we do that there one all the go. time though that's that's ding, just low-hanging ding, fruit ding, ding. anyway <laughs> uh it's a happy coda to snowball's murder story uh, Beamish was convicted of second degree murder and sentenced to 15 years in prison. Yay. This is a very good cat. Only 15? Yeah. Uh, that's a whole Canadian thing. <laughs> All right. I got one more famous cat for you is guys. Is it the famous cat? Yes. Um, you guys, okay, buckle up. Because I didn't know the story before Emily told it to me. And I just, I didn't go farther than the Wikipedia page because the Wikipedia page is just like the n- amount of escalation in the story. It goes from like... One to a thousand instantly. I'm very excited. Um, So we're talking about Tama, the Wakayama train train station master. Love that I can pronounce Wakayama. (laughs) It's train. We have a hard time with train. (laughs) Uh, So Tama was born in Kinokawa, a city in Wakayama Prefecture, Japan. Uh, She was raised with a group of stray cats that lived by Kishi Station, uh, all regularly fed by passengers, um, and by Toshiko Koyama, the informal station manager at the time. Uh, and then he adopted Tama in 2004. So about this time, the rail line was experiencing a bunch of financial problems. Um, they were thinking about closing the station. Um, but then that decision was later withdrawn because the citizens like demanded it stay open. But to cut costs, they destaffed all their stations um, on the, it's a Kishigawa line. I'm thinking it's the line the station was on mm-hmm. just to cut costs. Mm-hmm. So station mas- masters were selected from, like, just employees of local businesses to kind of keep an eye on the station, I think. Um, and Koyama was chosen as the first station master um, until Tama, his cat, was officially awarded the title in January 2007. <laughs> in lieu of an annual salary, the railway provided Tama with a year's worth of cat food and a gold name tag for her collar with her name and position. Aww, that's really all you need. That's so cute. Um, she also got a hat. <laughs> I might have seen a and picture. Again, is there a picture? Because I think I might have seen this cat. Go to her Wikipedia page. Oh there's a picture. God. And it's with the hat. Uh, it was specifically designed and made to fit her. Um, it took more than six months to complete. Uh, a year later, she got a summer hat for the hotter <laughs> weather as well. No. Cat got two hats. So cute. Oh, my God. There's a picture. So the I'm po- looking at the Wikipedia. Yeah. Whoa. She's very cute. She's, yeah, a she's like cat. a calico. Very pretty. Oh, man, um, in her, publicity... like, formal wear? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The publicity from her appointment led to a 17% increase in passengers, and a study estimated that the public publicity surrounding the cat contributed 1.1 billion yen to the local wow. economy. I don't know what um, the exchange rate is, but I'm assuming that's just a shitload of yen. It sounds like a lot. I mean, the word billion <laughs> yeah. isn't there. I don't, yeah. Uh, she's often cited as part of the phenomenon known in Japan as Nekonomics, <gasps> are the positive impact of having a cat as That's your mascot. So, cute. so this is like a thing. Are we going to have to replace Ben Feldman with a cat? I mean, we'd probably be more popular. <laughs> <laughs> I know that, um, yeah, we've been talking about Japan 
and how Japan is really pro-cat. Uh, I don't know if you guys follow Maru the cat, but that is yes. probably my favorite Japanese cat. One of my favorite cats overall. But that's the cat who's always like jumping into boxes that are too small. It's the most amazing oh. thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. He just looks so, so soft. Yeah. He's a, he's a big kitty. What is it about like Japanese cats are just like extra yeah. cute? I don't know like what breeds they have, but they're always like just fluff balls. They're so cute. They got big eyes. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. So here's where things start to escalate. And I'm just kind of going to go down the timeline of this cat's life <laughs> in her career history. Uh, in t- December 2007, Tama was recognized as the grand prize winner of the Railway's Top Station Runner Award. Uh, she received a special cat toy and a celebratory slice of crab fed to her by the company's president. <laughs> the next month, she was promoted to super station manager in a ceremony attended by the president of the company, the mayor, and 300 spectators. Wow. Uh, this fun fact. cat has a bigger following than we do. <laughs> I was just thinking, I've accomplished As- nothing in my life. Nothing. <laughs> no, this cat is more accomplished than me. Um Fun fact, as a result of her promotion, she was the only female in a managerial position in the company. Oh, my God. Well, that's something that needs to be looked (laughs) at. But (laughs) a bigger problem. But um, anyway, uh, so in October of 2008, Tama was knighted. (laughs) In spring 2009, uh, the railway introduced a new train on their line, which was customized with cartoon depictions of the cat. Um, And then in January 2010, she was promoted to the post of operating officer Becoming the first cat to become executive of a railroad corporation. <laughs> there is. We're not done Literally yet, an entire song and dance number in Cats about a cat who works, well, works for a railway. Really? Huh. That predates this by 20 or so years. So maybe the president of the railway corporation was just a big fan of cats. I mean... Uh, so at this point, Tama also got staff, uh, two feline assistant station managers, which is her sister Chibi and her mother Miko, uh, pro- <laughs> proving that nepotism is alive and well in the 21st century. I'm also just really sad that I have still never been to Japan because I just need I need this in my life. <laughs> right? I feel like we would be well, well, very welcome there. Uh, so later that year, they rebuilt the train station. Um, and they made it look like a cat's face. I need this level of dedication from the United States. Right. Yeah. It's so great. I mean, it's like, I know we have a lot of other um, issues to solve right now, clearly, but like, once everything as else is... a morale is, booster. Well, yeah, once everything else I is I said, wouldn't life just be a little bit better? Yeah, then we can paint cats on train stations. <laughs> yeah. In January 2011, Tama was again promoted, this time to Managing Executive Officer. This made her third in line in management after the company's president and the managing director. Wow. <laughs> uh, and then, <laughs> then in January 2013, after six years in her post, Tama was elevated to, this is a great title, Honorary President of Wakayama Electric Rail for Life. Meanwhile, <laughs> I was laid off from my job in January. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I got a new job, but. <laughs> it, yeah, it's nice hearing about this mm. cat who's in a high position of power and i got yelled at on the phone yesterday because i didn't know something about a financial statement that i didn't write so sadly i'm sorry this has some court sort of sand ending but tama died on june 22nd 2015 Mm. of apparent heart failure at the age of 16 so she wasn't that's not that yeah like a kitten at least but that's a good long life for a cat i would say yeah 
Uh, thousands came from all over Japan to pay their respects, and she was honored with a Shinto-style funeral and given the posthumous title Honorary Eternal Station Aww. Master. Uh, and then she was enshrined at a nearby Shinto cat shrine as a spirit goddess on August 11th, 2015. Wow. So, straight cat all the way up to goddess. I mean, that's pretty so, great. Like, I feel like that's a pretty I am good... jealous, but I'm also happy for her. <laughs> I'm excited for the movie. <laughs> Uh, after the 50 traditional day mourning period, Atama was succeeded by her deputy Nitama, and every June on the anniversary of her death, her successors are carried to her shrine to pay their respects and offerings are presented by the company <laughs> president on her behalf, on their behalf. I, I love this. It is like silly in a way, but Isn't it's like, I, I would rather have this than people not liking cats, you know? <laughs> yeah. This is the respect yes. cats deserve. It is nice. Like, just to to hear about people respecting a creature that can't technically do something <laughs> for them. I mean, she increased tourism, but you know, she's not. She's just being she's a not cat. doing I mean... the accounting. She. <laughs> yeah. So that was that was touching. Um, yeah. That, yeah, that was the story of Tama. I wanted to end on that because that was the best. I just it really made my day yesterday when I was writing yeah, that. that so sweet. we're gonna play a quick game. Um, that's not quick because I want to go see Rocket Man later. Uh, <laughs> it's <laughs> we're gonna close out on a game called Cat Factor Fiction or Cat or Fiction, I guess. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna give you guys a cat fact, and then you tell me if you think it's true or false. Okay. Okay. Are we both gonna guess, yes. and then yeah. you're gonna tell yes. us? Okay. Uh, Felita Mancy is the magical practice of observing the actions of cats in order to tell the future, especially the weather. Huh. I'm going to say false because, I don't know, I'm not very trusting. I don't know. (laughs) It's true. Um, For example... I was going to say, it sounded like something nerds would do. uh, For example, if the cat turns its tail to a fire or any substituting heat source, it foretells a possible change in weather, particularly the coming of heavy rain or hard frost. Another example is if a cat curls up with its forehead touching the ground, it indicates that storms will happen in the near future. So is that in a world where storms happen continuously? Because, (laughs) I mean, my cat just sleeps all day. There's always a storm somewhere. I will say it's actually getting kind of stormy, and I think we're supposed to get storms tonight, but my cat is running around like a maniac. Uh I have heard that cats can predict earthquakes, or that animals in general can, but I live in California, and I don't, I never... I mean, we we don't have earthquakes here in Oregon. (laughs) We are allegedly supposed to have one, so I guess I'll let you know if we survive that, but... Keep an eye on your cats, maybe. Yeah. Um, So, number two. Tom, of Tom and Jerry fame, was the first cartoon cat. That is false, I believe. That's got to be false, right? It is false. Yeah. Uh, Felix the cat was yeah. the first cartoon cat, and he uh, made yeah. his debut in 1919. Tom and Jerry followed in 1940 with the theatrical cartoon Puss Gets the Boot. That's mean. <laughs> I was thinking Felix. I'm glad I was correct. I mean, I again, I know I have an animation podcast, but I am not the animation expert on that podcast. So it's like I just am a fan mm-hmm. of Felix, and so I'm glad that was the the answer yeah felix has been around for yeah a hundred hundred years oh wow wow yeah this year we've been doing this for a while (laughs) um all right next one cats see only in black and white that is false i believe 
false? Yeah. Yes, it is false. Most experts on the subject believe cats can see in color. They respond to the colors purple, blue, green, and yellow, Hmm. with blue and green being the strongest colors they perceive. Red, orange, and brown appear to fall outside a cat's color range and are believed to be seen as shades of gray or purple. Ooh. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I say I feel like that's more of a fact about dogs, and I feel like even then yeah. it's not true. Yeah, dogs have but, a limited color range, but they're not color blind. Yeah. Um, female cats tend to be right paw dominant, while male cats are often left paw dominant. I'm okay. I'm only going to say this is false because I think Samba is left paw dominant, not right paw dominant. But I also don't know if she's like, and I don't, <laughs> it's probably weird that I know that, but I've been looking for that because I know cats have one paw or the other. And I think she always uses her left paw to bat at toys. So I'm going to say false, but I have a feeling I could be wrong. I'm also going to say false simply because everyone knows if you're left-handed, you're a Satanist. And as we've covered, all cats yeah. are Satanists. So. Um, it's true. That's all the information I have on that fact. <laughs> oh. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, I, I like our theories yeah. better. But I haven't been whatever. watching... Lucy and Minnie play. They tend to just pick something up and then flip over and bunny kick it until it dies. Yeah, I'm kind of interested to see. Now I'm going to be paying attention. I didn't know Mm. that was a thing. Um, Buddy is the most popular name for cats in the U.S. That that has to be false. I would say dogs more likely to be named Buddy. but It's one of the contenders, but Max is actually the most popular name for a cat. I, call, I don't know why. I call Tango Buddy. Or I call him like, yeah, I, I don't even call him Tango, but I do call him Buddy or Puppy. But that's because he reminds me of a puppy. So <laughs> I think that is a dog name. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, Lucy has 900 different names. Um, mostly Goose. Yeah, when's the last time you called your cat by like the cat's actual name? I can't even uh, remember. <laughs> Minnie, Minnie gets her, her name more often, um, but Lucy is more often than not Goose. I was say, it helps that they have, like, the E sound at the end of their name, because I always, Junie becomes June, or June becomes mm. Junie all the time, see? Yeah, I'm not going to be yelling. I very rarely call her June. <laughs> I very rarely call them Lucille and Minerva. <laughs> <laughs> their full name. Which, incidentally, I might have been Stephen who retweeted this, but I did put a poll out trying to name Minnie around Christmas. Oh, I think I saw that poll. And Minnie won, so that... I forget how I vo- I think I voted on that, but I don't remember what I voted. Huh. <laughs> I appreciate all the, the work people put in. <laughs> or else I would have a, a normal. That's a fun fact that is true. Um, <laughs> all right. The final question. The plot of the Broadway play Cats consists of several notable cats auditioning <laughs> for a chance to be reincarnated. Oh, my God. True. I, I- I know this because I've seen the music. I was gonna say false, but since you've seen it, I'll say true too. But but I will say that I I have not seen the musical, but I did, which is we. I just people dressed up as cats is kind of weird to me. But uh, I did read the book of poems when I was a kid, and I do not remember it at all. Uh, it is true. Wow, um, it's based on a book by T. S. Eliot, a book of poems, and it is the story of a tribe of cats called the Jellicles, and the night they make the quote Jellicle choice. deciding which cat will ascend to the, quote, heavy side layer and come back to a new life. Please tune in next week for my 14-page dissertation about why Gus the theater (laughs) cat was the obvious choice. (laughs) Um, 
a uh. fun fact that is also true. When I was six, uh, OPB aired the recorded, I guess I would have been like eight, uh, aired their recorded version of Cats, and I became obsessed and knew all the dances. You know, I feel like that would... If I had seen Cats a year, like eight years old, it would have resounded very much. I don't much. know why I didn't watch it. Because I know there was a time when my, I think my grandma, because you know when you like cats, people just send you cat stuff if they don't really know yes. you. Oh, yeah. But like, I think my grandma or some relative of mine sent me a VHS copy of Cats and I never watched it. And I loved Cats. I was like just telling Sarah that I had to get rid of my VHS player because it tried to eat Beetlejuice oh. and that means that I can't watch my copy of Cats uh, which I had to repurchase about four or five years ago because <laughs> I had worn out my first tape <laughs> I am gonna probably see like I think for the podcast we're gonna see the movie that's coming out later oh this god year. I have no I, idea oh, what to boy. expect from that so I have gotten so angry about that so <laughs> many times <laughs> I think I'm like barred from discussing it in the group chat. <laughs> yeah, I was like, no, no more cats talk. Um, so that's uh, that's the episode. Um, Sarah, uh, Percast, Sarah, hey. we have been discussing this for weeks. Uh, you've met Reggie, yes, Goose from Captain Marvel, yes. <laughs> is he amazing? He is. Oh my god, he is the best kitty. And he's so sweet and friendly and he's just like, he's so welcoming because <laughs> I got there, like we got there and they brought him out and he like, he has this like purple pad that he stands on, like they, t you know, just for photos and stuff. And he's yeah. like so much better than any like actor I've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> But he's like the sweetest cat. And it's like, I know, I, you know, I, I was like, I know we're meeting for the first time, but he was just so sweet. And I got a selfie with him and it was the best day, the best day ever. That sounds, I'm so glad yeah. to hear that. I'm so glad. He's yeah. He's not like a lot of celebrities, you know, <laughs> he's very down to earth. Um, and then you guys just recently recorded an episode with the kitten lady. Yes. Yeah. That one's coming out. I don't know when this is coming out, but that episode's coming out, I think, July 10th or so. I think that this will come out a little bit before mm -hmm. that. I'm not sure. But um, yeah. I was sending Sarah pictures of Petunia this yeah, morning. Yeah, no, that was like, she's been a, a dream guest. I mean, we have so many people we want to talk to, and there's, so, like, yeah. there's a never-ending list of cat people we can talk to. But she definitely was on our list from the very beginning because anyone who loves cats loves her and follows her and she's done so much good work yeah and she's like she's like the nicest person too i love when people like that who who you know yeah they have a lot of followers or whatever and they are kind of celebrities but they're just they're just the best people <laughs> it's so great Aww. so i yeah that's a really fun episode so i'm very excited to hear that almost as excited as i was when uh gareth reynolds from the oh, dollop yeah. came back he, um, he's so much fun to talk to <laughs> i dream about meeting jose he's oh, uh jose is is a handsome cat <laughs> i'm gonna say sarah is living the yeah i really am <laughs> look i may not be you know a station manager of a train station but you know i'm doing i'm doing okay we have a successful podcast and you get to meet a lot yeah, of yeah i guess things could be worse <laughs> <laughs> all right if you enjoyed this episode Remember to subscribe, rate, review, all of that fun stuff. Um, we are on Twitter at Afternoonified, 
Instagram at Afternoonified, Facebook, facebook.com slash getafternoonified, getafternoonified.com, where you can listen to old episodes. You can buy merch. Um, be sure to get your Midge Midge 2020 shirts soon. <laughs> before they become irrelevant. Uh, before the next election becomes not funny. Um, <laughs> should be soon. And you can also donate there. Um, Sarah, where can people find you and your work? Uh, yeah, well, if you want to just see pictures of my cats, you can follow me on Instagram at Sarah Iyer. If you want to just, I don't know what I post on Twitter, but I'm on Twitter at Sarah and Julie Iyer. That's my middle name. Um, and you can follow, I have three podcasts. One is the Percast, which we've mentioned uh, with Stephen Ray Morris, and we're on the Exactly Right Network. I also do a couple podcasts that I started this year after I got laid off and I was bored. Um, uh, the first one that I started this year is called The Bluth, The Whole Bluth, and Nothing But The Bluth. And that's about Don Bluth movies and has a very long name. So uh, we're on, you know, iTunes and all that. And I also do a podcast called Weezer Has Turned and Left Us Here, which is about Weezer and how we like their old stuff and we're conflicted by their new stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very relatable premise. Yeah, I think it is. Yes. <laughs> All right. Until next time. Um, Sarah, have we already released the catacombs and the ill-advised uh, yes. bonus um, episode? As of this recording, or as of the time that this airs we will have released the catacombs a week before catacombs two weeks before the commentary last wednesday oh good so so we're sorry yeah this should be a welcome surprise after we uh recorded our own audio commentary for the film as above so below which we had no part in whatsoever we didn't make the film we don't know anyone who made the film just had a lot of opinions about it um all right so Next time is our surprise episodes where Sarah is going to do a topic and not tell me what it is beforehand. Yes, I'm very excited. I will get you back uh, two weeks after that. All right. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, we Sarah. Love you. Thank you. Bye, Bye.